You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello, and welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Mads. My name is Scoutala, and I feel like that, hello, welcome, like, it needs to be, oh, geez, can we make it a TikTok sound where it's, it's like just a, like a, it's like a presenter in Vegas? No, 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 it's like, no, it's an auctioneer. It's an auctioneer. Oh, God. <laughs> hello, you, welcome, no, no. I'm telling you, please don't do that, because Why? just, it's an audio experience, and I'm, I'm thinking about the sisterhood in the oh, community. Po- wait, podcast is an audio experience? Yes, and you're. Talking about audio oh, experience, sorry. your your computer just made a weird noise. That was it was like Harry Potter over there. I don't know. Oh what my was god! That. Do you know when we were little, we were sitting in the car and I had this wand that was clear. And remember how cars used to have the top layer strip light blue on the top of the windshield? No. Okay, so they used to have that. And every car, most cars. I actually have this. Just came to mind. I can't Whoa. believe that's not a thing with cars anymore. And I had the wand out, and when I moved it forward, the light blue would turn the wand blue. And so I said, Mads, I'm about, to, I got admitted to Hogwarts. I got a thing in the mail, and you believed me because I turned the clear wand into blue. I have no recollection of this. You were maybe five? Wow. Also, were we Harry Potter stands? Okay, here's... Yeah, here, let's, here we once go. and let's, for all. Once and for all. Here's the hot take from me. Hot oh. take from me. Not a fan of the books. Never was. I was little. Elementary school. I was probably about seven when the Harry Potter... Maybe six when the Harry Potter books came out. And 
my little pretentious literature self <laughs> went outside and read the Harry Potter books and came back and Which said, one? "How many?" I read halfway through three. Okay, and I said, "It's not good prose." Not good prose. So JK rolling. Not good prose. Rolling. Rolling. Sorry, JK. (laughs) Sorry, JK. So I was never a fan of the books, but I am a whole heart fan of the movies. It is how we grew up. And people will fight me because I don't like the books, but We're gonna Harry Potter defined our generation growing up, I believe. Yeah, of course, of course. So yeah, I never read the books until I was with you with the with the movies. We were like front row there at the movies. We were big uh, Harry Potter cinema fans. And then one summer, it was the summer before my senior year of high school, I went to Israel and I just decided, I said, this is the summer I remember where this. I read every single Harry Potter book. And I did. Actually, just kidding. I read five and a half. Now, the fifth one, don't cancel me. I, I like, could, it was like, I think the largest one or something. And I just couldn't get through it. So, yeah, we're not on the like fanatical side of Harry Potter life. Light, yeah. Although when I watch sense. it, it feels very nostalgic. It feels like childhood. Me and Adam have done the marathon of Harry Potter I haven't done multiple it times. I mean, we just finished I know, the Marvel. I know. And I know. the Avengers Endgame, which is the last movie in chronological order of the series, obviously not including the new Wanda and Vision and Winter Soldier and the Falcon. I'm seeing Shang-Chi. No. What's it called? I don't know. The one that's coming out this week. Oh, with Scarlet. Is that the Scarlet Johansson no, one? No, the one with Aquafina. I don't know what that is. Wait, you don't know a Marvel movie and I do? Aquafina's in a Marvel movie? Where the... Okay, you are obviously not a Marvel fan. Our sister... Uh, ex- excuse me? So our sister... Excuse me? Our stepsister texted us... Who has seen every Marvel movie okay, ever? Just, okay, so why don't you know this one? I know... Why do you know it? I don't know... I don't... It's not on my fucking Apple TV. Why isn't it... No, on the Disney Plus. Because it's coming... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got that a video. You just sorry, people can't see, but Luna just got like her butt flew in the air. All right. Anyways, so our stepsister texted me and said, "Want to go to Shang Chi this week?" I think that's what it's called. I really hope that's what it's called. And I was like, "English, please." I was like, "Can you please elaborate what this is?" And she said, "The new Marvel movie." Okay, Shang-Chi. It's called yes. Shang-Chi. Wait, I'm looking it up right now because I cannot. Mads, because I don't know. It's a new, it's a new character. Is it a... Uh, Aquafina. Is it a comedy? Is it more like Ant-Man? It's unclear. I don't know what it is, but it is a Marvel movie. And I'm... I Wow, I can't believe I know it and you don't. That is... I mean, I don't know a lot of things that are coming out. So the fact that it's in theaters is throwing me for a loop because most of the stuff is being put on Disney+. Plus. That's why I haven't seen it. No, 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 no. This is going in the theater. Wow, this is incredible yeah. incredible wow, i can't believe i gave you marvel news this is exciting yeah this is really exciting i am like diving deep into this tonight i can't oh my god i have sex adam there's more there's more yes we I, didn't end we did I not think, finish i think adam knows about this i was talking to him yesterday about it he didn't share that with me Somebody, there's a disconnect here. i literally was bawling hysterically at the end of endgame i mean i know there's more marvel stuff coming out but we're literally watching nora from queens right now why would he not even say that I don't know. Because we're, we, we're watching Aquafina right now. Do you like that show? I love it. It's really. Hol- I mean, I am a huge Aquafina fan. I think she is. She's brilliant. Real. I think she she's is superior brilliant. 
Oh, she's totally she superior. She is elite. I love her. Yeah, I love her so much. Wow. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm going to see Shang-Chi. I'm going on Friday. Oh, God. Wow, you made wow, my this day. Is, this is coming out, though, after it's been released. And yeah, so, so. At, at this moment that you're listening to Sisters, we're actually, see it. we're actually in Tulum. Um, we're actually in Tulum. That's the weird part about creating content on the internet. Tulum. But anyway, Sisters, we have an incredible episode for you. We did a podcast swap with Natalie Barbu. You might know her from her podcast, The Real Real Podcast. Do you put the emphasis on Barbu or Barbu? Natalie Barbu. I say Barbu. Oh, hot take. Hot take. <laughs> I mean, I, I said it many times on the pod because I just love saying her name. Yeah, Matt is obsessed Barbu. with her name. But anyways, moving on. And her. She is a YouTuber, content creator. She's got an amazing podcast, The Real Real. Yes. She's got a new app coming out. Rella. Yep. So she's just a, as we say on the OK Sis, a multifaceted woman. And we had an multi-hyphenate. Multi-hyphenate. We had an incredible conversation. We It really went all over. Well, it was concentrated in the theme of social media fatigue, social media burnout, our digital selves versus our IRL selves, the pressures that content creators face and the debate between quantity versus quality. Yeah. And she's, well, she's such a veteran on the internet. So we, we got a lot of tips on how she balances, how she understands the draw to always create content versus is like actually just living in that moment and being. Mm-hmm. We talk about romanticizing our lives offline, which is a really great moment. So it was just in depth. Really, we all ended feeling really hopeful, nourished, really creative, really inspired. Soul was nourished. Yeah, it was just nice to dive deep into a topic that I think so many of us are thinking about, especially those on the content creation side, but also just those on the consumer side who are just consuming content on a daily basis. How do we make this space more creative and imaginative? We talk about the downside of the casual vibe versus the curated vibe on Instagram. Spoiler alert. It's like, I know, but this is like, I know, but they don't know what we talked, what we said. Oh, they have to listen to hear the opinions. Well, this is what you call a teaser. Oh, clickbait. Okay. We can, Uh, we can go with that. Okay. Sisters. enjoy. Enjoy. Sisters. My goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house, nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. 
Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Hi. Hello, Natalie Barbu. Hi, I'm so excited that we're finally doing this. Absolutely. Also, I just, I love saying your name. That's why really? I like drag it out <laughs> like that because it's just really fun for me to say. Natalie Barbu is the guest. It's She's like the ghost of OK Sis because she should have been on like a year and a half ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> the ghost of OK Sis. I love it. I really should have been. Like, I feel like we have been meaning to be on each other's podcast for so long and it's finally happening. So I'm just very excited. Well, welcome to OK Sis. We love you dearly. I just want to start off by saying your energy and temperament is so soothing to me. And as a thank you, as a non-soothing person, you know, some I people am, say that about me. Yeah, but you're you're too close to me because you're my sister. I, I can't really, you know, you don't soothe me the way that Natalie Barbu soothes me. You know Got it. I mean? Got it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I do, hear do you. you. Get that a lot. Like you're there's this calming energy that you project it's amazing thank you no I get that like my voice is soothing sometimes like on the podcast but then like you'll also get comments that's like your voice is so annoying so it's just like whatever like you get both sides of it but no I have gotten that on the podcast that people say I have a good podcast voice 100% and so we are both part of podcast nation so welcome to the crew oh that's right we're network sisters I totally forgot about that sisters yeah, I'm like, I was so happy when 
I was able to like sign with the network. And then I saw that you guys had signed like literally a few days before. And I was like, oh my God, like, yay, this is a legit thing. It's okay. like- <laughs> also exactly. further proof that this swap should have come like a year and a half ago. So I know, I know, I know. I feel like we have a lot of the same audience. Like a lot of people listen to both of us and it would just like, we've just never made it happen. So I'm glad it's finally happening. Like-minded audiences. Like, look at us. We're just doing the, like, crossover exactly. of the century. It's amazing. <laughs> so Scout and I were talking right before we jumped on the mic, and we have been feeling, and I am sure, as a internet veteran that you are, that you might be feeling something like this or have experienced this throughout your 10 years on the internet, which, like, holy shit. I've just been feeling incredible social media fatigue to a degree that I have never felt before. It's almost as if I open the app and I get angry. I open Instagram. I open any type of social media content creation platform and I just don't feel inspired. I feel completely depleted. I feel like I'm a machine churning out things. And I was watching TikTok once and there was once as I do every day. I saw a TikTok <laughs> and this girl, she's, you know, she is an account that talks about Instagram growth and everything. And she was saying, you know, I've done all the tactics. I've done all the strategies and it wasn't working. And then I realized that it was this desperate energy that I was putting out into the world and the, uh, my followers could feel it. Like, yes, I was growing a little bit like they were working, but it wasn't until I just was like, fuck it. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to have fun that I actually felt a return. And I feel like I am missing that right now. I am like, I don't even, I'm so uninspired. Is this resonating at all? Oh my God. Yeah. Like I feel like every time I am also on like Instagram or TikTok or whatever, I feel like there's so much pressure to do well because like, like TikTok, for example, you see these people blow up, you see these people get like millions and millions of views. And you're like, why am I not getting that? Like I'm posting content I'm trying to like blow up on this channel or like, oh, well, I used to do really well on it. And now I'm like not doing well. So like, what's going on? And that literally happens to me all the time. Or like, especially with having like a schedule, because I upload twice a week on YouTube, once a week on the podcast. Twice a week and on Instagram YouTube? And TikTok, it's just like, yeah. And then Instagram and TikTok, it's like, whatever. Like, I don't have a structure for that. But like, with that, like, strict schedule, which is good, because like, obviously structures your life. It also feels like so much pressure. Like, oh my God, what am I uploading? Do I even like what I'm uploading? Like, I'll be editing a video sometimes. And I'm like, I literally hate this video. But like, I'm uploading twice a week. So I have to upload it. And it just like sucks. There's such a fine line though, because for people who are really in this, obviously for content creation, for their careers, et cetera, if you don't have a structure and the consistency and you just go with the inspiration and the fun, et cetera, you can go a really long time without posting anything relevant or anything that's going to keep you going because there is an algorithmic thing to it in a certain way. So I always struggle with you know, am I saying something important every single time? Am I posting just a post? But at the same time, quantity, it's like there's no more quantity or quality. It's quantity and quality. I say it with Scout's agency all the time. My clients come to me and they're like, I just want to be on the top podcast. I'm like, listen, it's quality and it's quantity. Like quality has to be throughout the whole thing, but we can't ignore the quantity aspect. And so for me, I just have been thinking about it lately. I had like a total breakdown today because not only am I trying to obviously be on Instagram, be on the podcast, and I'm trying to have a newsletter and do your like fucking filtration where you repurpose content. And at what point do we think this bubble is going to fucking burst? Like at what point is it going to burst? 
I don't know because like they have made it so we're addicted. So I don't know when is the addiction going to end. I have no idea. I think the addiction just gets replaced with another social media. Like Instagram, people are like over and now like going to TikTok. Like I don't think Instagram's like fully dying, but I think that a lot of people are on TikTok now more than before. And it's probably hurting Instagram's numbers. So it's just like, oh, we're tired of Instagram. So let's go to TikTok. But then like we get addicted to something else. So I don't know like when it ends. Like when do we get off the wheel? Yeah. So so what have you enacted in your past? Because you have been on the internet and I'm looking to you as like a wise sage here you are like a veteran you understand what anxiety in the internet probably means right so what are some things that you have seen that help you to kind of alleviate some of this pressure because it's not like you can take a digital detox or it's not like you can you know just put pause for a month and and just chill so also saying like all three of us are content creators and we still want to be content creators like that's what I feel like the most important thing is is like I want to be in this game I want to be posting podcasts I want to be posting Instagram but like exactly like what do you do to keep the inspiration fresh while the pressure low yeah it's really hard I would say that a lot of times I will just like ask my followers like what they want to see or I'll film exactly what I want even if it doesn't get me views like a lot of times on YouTube if I'll post a vlog that like I really love but I know that it probably won't get me views I'm just like whatever I'm being consistent I'm still gonna post and if this one doesn't do that well like so what you know so I don't like put pressure on every single video to do well or like if I post TikToks I'm not assuming every single one of them is going to go viral I'm just posting because I want to post I it's like being strategic with the ones that you think will do well so like every now and then I'll try to think okay what's like popular on YouTube what's popular on TikTok what can I like participate in but I don't put the pressure on every piece of content to do amazing because it's just not going to happen like the YouTube studio I don't know if you guys ever are on YouTube, but yes, if Natalie, you're, do you post Natalie, on YouTube? I am a new YouTuber and it's okay. I, wasn't 100% I literally sure. I look like, to you and I'm like, I empathize. I am just in awe of what you, you and OG <laughs> YouTubers have done over the years. It's, it is such a draining platform, especially because of the editing process. I found it to be honestly, like sometimes I won't film things because I know I'll have to edit it. Does that make sense? I'm like, I'm doing something cool and I'm like, okay, this is, this is great for the vlog. Gotta do it. But I won't record it because I don't want to edit it. So yeah, it's just this, it's a whole beast on itself. I don't think anyone really appreciates YouTubers and what they accomplish twice a week. Yeah. And like on the like YouTube studio, it says like anytime you post a video, it's like this video is one out of 10 or nine out of 10. Like it ranks it against your other previous 10 videos. So like you literally see like, oh my God, this video I uploaded is a 10 out of 10, which means horrible. Like it's like the worst video I've uploaded out of the past 10. So that's why I really try not looking at that. I try just like reading my comments and answering comments and like uploading it and leaving it away, like turning it off, like not looking at it because if you have pressure on yourself that every piece of content has to be amazing, you're just like gonna be so drained. So I try not to do that. I try just to be like, I'm just going to be consistent. And then every now and then I'm going to think of like video ideas that I think are going to do well and I'll upload those. But like, I don't care about how the other ones do. Like the other ones don't do amazing, like whatever. But as long as I'm consistent, because for me, like consistency is so important. Like, I think that is like the one of the number one things you need to be. So like, don't don't try to make every piece of content like a masterpiece, I guess. There's the quantity over the quality. Like, I mean, consistency is so important because if not, it's just the kind of repetitive nature of 
quote unquote, the way we consume content is that we predict it to be there. Like I listened to this podcast and they went on a break last week and it wasn't there. And I was like, where should I DM her and let her know? Like maybe there's something wrong with her hosting site that it, but she just took a break, you know? And just to view that in myself of like, whoa, one, where's this piece of content? I was fucking expecting it. And then two, oh, there must be something wrong technically. And then three, like me wanting to reach out to her to see what's going on. That's how, that's how the consumer's mindset gets fed content we're used to it on a certain day every week with youtube podcasts and then instagram's just kind of like this 24 7 leap i want to talk a little bit because some of the sisters might not be content creators and i think it's really in correct me if i'm wrong natalie because mads and i were talk about it a little bit but the challenges of content creation can come across as stupid challenges because people don't understand the work that goes into content creation, the imagination, the creativity, the showing up, the consistency, etc. And so sometimes I fear about talking about it can turn people off in a way because they don't actually because unless you are a content creator, you don't really understand the 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 rinse and repeat kind of like fatigue of the every week you do this, every week you do this. So um, what you just said is really great to not place so much pressure on every piece of content because every time I post a reel, like I'm fucking scrolling to see how many views it gets every single time. And it's always the ones that I don't look at and don't even think twice about that do the best. And so there is like a huge energetic component, but for the sisters listening who aren't content creators, who feel like social media as a consumer of content is feeling toxic or exhaustive, et cetera. I've been thinking about doing a whole home feed refresh, to be honest. What are some tips that you have to just, as a, just as a consumer, yeah, like having how a do good you... relationship to your feed? Yeah, I would definitely set time limits. I have an hour time limit on Instagram every day and I have an hour time limit on TikTok every day. Do I follow them every single day? No. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I was posting for my job. Like I was posting for like YouTube stuff or I was posting for whatever. So like, I'm going to extend this because it wasn't like all leisurely like scrolling. So sometimes I definitely extend it, but the time limit is there to remind you, like get off your phone. You've been on for way too long. Like no one needs to be on Instagram for more than an hour a day. Like that's so much scrolling. You're literally spending an hour. Like how many pieces of content are you consuming? Cause it's not like it takes you a minute to look at one piece of content. Like you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So I think for like Instagram and TikTok, I set those limits. And I also unfollow a lot of people. Like I go on regular unfollowing sprees, like honestly, probably quarterly. Like I just go through and I'm like, I go through everyone I'm following and I'm like, unfollow, 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 unfollow. And it's nothing personal. It's just like, I don't care to see your stuff anymore. And it's just noise and it's a distraction or like, I feel bad when I see your stuff because like either I'm jealous or I'm, I don't like, I don't know. Like, I, I wish I had something, like, whatever it is, you know, like also I'll just unfollow them if I'm not like feeling good vibes when I see their stuff, to be honest. Yeah. Oh no. This is a very pro unfollow podcast. We are very, at the very least yeah. mute, the very least mute. And so something you said is something that I've been trying to, I don't know if it'll work, but I'm just trying to think of different yeah. ways that I can approach the apps is so for instance, I mean, we treat it as a business like you do before okay says I never treated social media as a business so it's very very difficult so you have to be on it but what I've been trying to think of is maybe I place like an office hours right so I'm I'm building a travel recommendations app called camber and I'm on Instagram and I want to do like I will be on 12 to 1 that is when I respond to every comment that's when I respond to every dm that is when I engage that is it and I post 
done. But it's tricky because it's like the algorithm tells you you have to be responding to comments the first hour that you post something or then you're fucked or you have to respond to every DM. And if you don't, then the customers, you know, so I actually feel as if this is going to sound kind of crazy, but I actually feel as if all of that strategy is kind of almost like the old financial institution shit that we're told about how to make money. And then that's like the lack mindset of you have to show up, you have to do more, you have to be on top of it or else it's never going to come to you and it's never going to come to you unless you do these things. When in actual reality, the way to build a community, which is probably why OKSIS popped off in the beginning, is if you are in this abundant, carefree, just energetic space and not worried about all of like the man watching over you, you know? I think I'm actually, I'm going to try that and see what happens because I saw an account do this where they were like, we will only be online during this time. So if, and it was like, you know, a self-care thing. So they were like, if you need to reach us, that's the hour. That's the hour we'll be here. We will respond right away or see you tomorrow. Like I, it's just. Can we do that with email too? Shit. (laughs) This is our office hours. Like it's just, you know. Bring back, bring back real fucking office hours. (laughs) Let's go back to school. I know. I've actually, I've seen people's signatures on their email. That's like, I will get back to you tomorrow. Like, don't I get off at five? Like, it's like this like long thing of like, I get off at this time. I'm going to get back to you tomorrow. Do not follow up within 24 hours. Like, I'm like, like, I need to add that in my email signature. But I totally hear what you're saying. Like, I think it's, it is that kind of like desperate energy that you were talking about earlier of like, you have to be on at this time from this time and responding to every comment. And like, I like to think that like the stuff I'm putting out there is valuable or is or like not valuable, but you know, provides value and is, is something meaningful, not just a generic, oh my God, I have to be on and I have to engage. So let me do an engagement hour of like liking everyone's thing and like liking comments and responding thank you to everyone's comment. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of like fake. Like it's kind of just sounds like a robot talking. And like, if I'm responding to a DM, yeah, it is. How many times can you say thank you? Like on my book launch when everyone was doing Mazel Tov, I was like, thank you. Love you. You're the best. Emoji. And it was just Emoji. like a, it was a repetition of like seven different responses. <laughs> Throwback. Yeah. I know. It's kind of like when everyone's saying happy birthday to you on like Facebook and you just had to like like all of them. Like it's similar to that, except for like every single picture thing that you post like so I think it's one of those things where like I'm trying to DM or I'm trying to respond to my DMs that I can actually put in a thoughtful response, like where I can actually say, like, have a conversation with people and like the people that DM me, you know, how like Instagram, like when you DM someone like you're in their DMs forever. So like I try to like I'm always responding to those people like those people have my contact, like I'm never going to leave them on red. But like the new incomers, I guess, that are DMing me, like I try to just respond when it's something that is actually like a significant to the conversation like I'm a real person not just like a generic thanks or like a like or whatever because that's just also bring like I don't know it's like a little fake like it's like you're not actually speaking to them like I just always want to be like very mindful of that and like act like a real person on social media true I mean we we love to voice note in the dms we voice know everyone and everyone is like a little they're like oh wow you used a voicemail I was like yeah it's fucking easier for me like it expends less energy and it's more real (laughs) like if I'm typing something I'm trying to make it sound nice I'm like whatever whatever but if I voice note someone I'm actually giving a fuck about what I'm saying back and it's more emotional and it's just a real quick minute you're good you answered it it's literally the best it's the fucking best yeah it's (gasps) so fun I know I need to utilize that more I never voice memo like ever but 
I'm so bad at voice memos. Like, I think I didn't respond to yours in so long because like, I don't open them. Like I will, I, whenever I see a voice memo, I'm always like, oh, I need to dedicate some time for this or I, I can't be in public when I'm listening to this. Natalie, that's what my- Receiving voice note sucks. Re- Sending. Receiving. The receiver, it's a burden. It's a burden for the receiver. My boyfriend is like, sending voice notes is the <laughs> rudest thing you could do to someone because they literally, yeah, yeah, as you said, they have to stop. They have to not be in a quiet place. Like, and I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Like it's, but usually when you listen to them, they're so much more meaningful than a text. So when you it's, do take the time. It's my biggest feature for Slack. I just need them to integrate sending voice notes so that I can send my team voice notes all the day. I, it'll be a rule they can't send me. How could, <laughs> no, yeah, I like, just, do not send back. No, I send them a voice note and they text me back. Wait, so wh- wh- how would that work on the desktop? You would just do some like voice recording on the desktop as well? I use it a lot on my phone, you know, like I'm out or whatever. Yeah. I'm walking around. Who knows? I'm <laughs> doing something in the, you know, the living room. And I just, it's just also sometimes with a team, which is why so many fucking Zoom meetings happen, which take up forever, is that what you're trying to explain will just be easier explained in a voice note. Yeah, in your own voice instead of on a text. Okay, I have a question, Natalie. So we went off on a rant about voice notes, but what (laughs) what do you do when, let's say sisters are listening to this, they are on the internet, they have a podcast, they have an Instagram, they have a YouTube, (laughs) they want to be on the internet, they want to build a personal brand. What do you do to keep your inspiration fresh? Like when you think of an idea, do you put it in your notes app and then you go back to that? How do you come up with ideas for content and keep that exciting? Yeah, so I do like putting things in a notes app if I like something or like on TikTok, for example, like if there's a sound I want to use in the future, I'll just like save it even if I don't have like an idea for it yet, you know, just so that I can like go back to it when I do have the idea instead of being like, what was that like sound I heard a while ago? Also, I like to spend the beginning of the month, like I'm very structured. So the very beginning of the month, I go and my calendar and I'll like look at all the sponsorships I have this month. I'll add the videos that I'm going to film for those sponsorships and like put them in those days. And then all of the other days that I have free, like for my own uploading, like non-sponsored content, I'll go in and I'll actually like sit down and like write a video idea, like, and be like, okay, this week I'm doing this, this week I'm doing that because it is so hard for me to come up with content in the moment when I am like, oh my God, I have a video due in like two days. What, what am I going to film? You know? And like, I can't come up with things on the spot like that. So that's why the beginning of the month for me is such a refresher because I can like go in and plan everything. And even like TikTok, I don't do it for my personal one as much, but for like Rella, for example, like I'll go in and like plan out the content for the rest of the month because I'm like, I need to figure out what I'm posting because I am not an on the spot person. Like I'm not like an on the fly, on the spot person. Instagram, I have a lot more fun with. It's not like I don't actually plan that out, but like for my personal Instagram, but for any business that I'm running for my YouTube channel, in the beginning of the month, I list goals. I list every video I'm going to upload that month. And then if I could do like any like preliminary research, like if I need to write a script or if I need to do anything like that, I'll do that on the first or second day of the month. And like, then at the end of the month, I'll check off if I've like met those goals and like all of that, because I'm not an on the fly person. Yeah, I hear you. It's tricky. I'm trying to find the balance with that too, because I actually find it sometimes, I understand the time management aspect that comes with like the batch content and the planning. And I try to do as much as possible, but sometimes I can't force brainstorming or inspiration as well. So it's very tricky for me because I'll be like, okay, Monday's my content days. Let me plan out and let me write out the stuff. But sometimes I just don't feel creative in that moment. So it ends up just being in the moment that I post shit. So it's it's a weird 
thing. So when you do that in the beginning of the month, where are you finding the inspiration for even the ideas for YouTube? Yeah, I guess like I'm with you though, where like if I don't like batch recording, like I will never batch record because I'm so bad at that. Like I hate it. I wish I liked it. Like I really wish I was good at it because it would make life easier, but I can't batch record. But for like ideas, I'll go and I'll like scroll on social media. Like I'll scroll on YouTube and I'll scroll on TikTok and I'll scroll on whatever. And I'll try to see like, oh, is that a good idea? Okay. Like, let me go and add that. So I really spend a lot of time, like, cause sometimes I'll scroll on like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and I'm watching mindlessly. I'm just watching as a consumer and that's it. And then there's other times where I'm on it specifically like looking for ideas. So it's very like, I kind of have like two different modes when I'm just like mindlessly scrolling and I'm a consumer and I'm laughing and I'm liking everything. And I am not going to put pressure on making this a brainstorming session or an inspiration session. And then there's other times when I'll look on it and like, I'm like specifically looking for things that I think I could implement. So it's kind of like a mode shift in my brain where it's either brainstorming or like inspo time. It's so true. And it's hard <laughs> Yeah, I feel that I feel that exactly too. I feel like I am not on social media ever for just personal enjoyment. I mean, TikTok is a different story, but I don't think I've like scrolled through my personal Instagram. So and, like I started doing that. Yeah, I started doing that after my book launch just because I think I was so stressed that I I mindlessly was numbing out and all of a sudden I've had so much anxiety and I've had such a toxic relationship to my phone now or to Instagram specifically because my scrolling increased. And so I think it's very interesting, but can I talk about one way I'm create being creative on the internet? Sure. Scout. It's your podcast. Yeah. Oh, Oh my God, it's my podcast. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, until you tell me not to and you shut it down real quick, which <laughs> I would love to hear it happens frequently. <laughs> so I was thinking about it because we're talking about, you know, sometimes you're in an Instagram rut, et cetera, et cetera. But the essence of Instagram, I love. I will forever be on Instagram. Most of the other platforms are not for me, obviously, except podcasting, obviously. But I am not really a video person. I'm not a Twitter person, like whatever. The idea of crafting photos really is so much fun for me. And so I had this idea that I am going to do a photo shoot every single month. But it's not just like an outfit photo shoot, a lifestyle photo shoot. Each photo shoot's going to have a vision and a mood, etc. So it kind of started when I launched my book and I did this whole really excessive dramatic photo shoot in this huge green dress and we photoshopped books all around me and I had black gloves on and it was so much fun to create this fantasy character that wasn't really me in my day to day. And so I've decided to treat myself to once a month photo shoot and every single month. Do the- I get to come? No. Okay. Every single month the vibe is totally different. So this next photo shoot I'm doing is really kind of soft at home flash vibes, very minimalist, (laughs) like no makeup kind of thing. And so every month I dream up a new editorial idea and I don't actually take photos where it's just me in my normal clothes living my daily life. It's something a little bit more curated. So it feels more artistic almost. Yeah, it feels like a magazine photo shoot. Yeah, that seems more your vibe. Like to me, I'm s- it makes me so excited. And that's great. I mean, I, I love would that. not like that, but that's great. That that's Right? Isn't that so perfect that's for so me? so perfect for you. For me, it's like I just want to look like a schlup person and like look are you then into like in making instagram casual again or are you like no i don't want to make instagram casual i who me both of you i'm fine with that what do you mean what what does that mean casual so like you know there was like i feel like a couple years ago 
it oh, was curated. the norm. It was the norm that every influencer or content creator would need to have these exactly what you're just saying these big photo shoots in order to create content whereas now it's like it really is back to this more casual more unfiltered type of yeah realness and I'm on that spectrum but I don't necessarily not enjoy the artistic and the beauty that people like you scout would be putting out just for me I more so get a little I'm obsessed with aesthetic tiktoks I'm sure you've seen Mm -hmm. these where they do like the little morning routine And I am obsessed with it. The thing that gives me anxiety is that I have all the things. I'm very fortunate. I have all the things. I have the cute apartment that I could do the things in. Okay. I have the cute mugs. I have it. But I'm that girl. You know what I mean? I am that girl. But like funny and can't take photos of it. You know what I mean? So I try to do. I try to do it. And I'm like, this is just, this is not looking the way that it's supposed to. So that's where I get anxiety. So then. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. My mind is just... It makes sense. But for me, I was listening to Liv Prize's podcast and she had someone on, I forget who it was, and they were talking about how fashion has lost imagination. Just the fashion Mm -hmm. world, the fashion editorial spreads in magazines, etc. And that's really the world that I originally fell in love with. You know, I was reading Teen Vogue as a really young girl and I would get lost in these incredible, incredible editorial spreads. And so that's it for me. It's just this imagination spot. And it's not necessarily a departure from your reality, but it's just appreciation for the mundane, of course. But it's also this idea that your world can be as fantastical as you want it to. And I think that providing this photo shoot that has an editorial direction and has a very specific vibe and inspiration and feel and muse behind it is so exciting to flex our creative things because we're given these platforms for free, right? We don't need a magazine. We don't we don't need a business behind us to creatively express ourselves. So for me, the casual is super great. I love it. And I am just craving imagination. What about you, Natalie? Which way do you go? I guess I'm kind of both because I think making Instagram casual, we're not actually making it casual. We're making people think it's casual when it's not. Totally. Oh, dude, 100%. Totally. 100%. I'm like, okay, how do I be vulnerable on the internet today? Let me just share. No, but it's, like, yeah. how I'm, you know. it's also like the effortless no makeup. I just snapped a photo at like, brunch. It's not, that's not what it is. It's not it. So it honestly, I feel like makes people feel worse about themselves, even though it's supposed to do the opposite. That's what she's talking about. She's trying to be yeah. casual, but she's falling into the loop of not looking like, good casual like yes. things. why doesn't it look like that like it's ridiculous exactly like it kind of bothers me because I'm like I know that that wasn't as effortless as you're making it look and it wasn't as like oh I just snapped a photo or like oh I just I just rolled out of bed and like started working out this morning like no 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 you propped up your camera you did all you made sure the lighting was good Natalie. you made sure there was no mess in the background and then you made it look casual. <laughs> you literally speak in my language. You filmed well, it at 2 p.m. and said yeah. it was 7 in the morning. These TikToks yeah. where they're doing these morning routines. I'm like, where is the camera? Where and, is the where phone? <laughs> you fucking put it up on a ledge with a tripod. Like, how much And your eyes look that? awake. Your eyes look You're awake. You're awake. You have the tripod. Yeah. You're literally filming you, know what? you in wow. bed taking off the comforter. Okay. You went back in bed to do the comforter. Like, I think Hot about take. this all the Hot time. Hot take. Casual content is actually more detrimental to our self-esteem than non-casual content because the imagination stuff, that is another world. It's not regular life and you know it. You know it's fantasy. But the casual content that looks so fucking good, 
and you can't get there like Maddie taking a fucking photo shoot with cherries like this you know what I mean like that makes you feel bad about yourself because you don't think you're inherently enough because those photos are advertised as them just being them yes like it's so frustrating to me seeing and like TikTok is like queen of doing that because it's like oh this is just such a quick little video that I'm posting or like a quick morning routine or like took you an hour yeah took three hours to probably film and edit TikToks that. are so hard for me to edit and like making things look so aesthetic like making my day look aesthetic making look what I'm doing look like I'm having fun or like even those trends of like post these 18 clips together to this sound and it's like oh my god that person's literally living the best life ever because it's like they're at an EDM concert and they're with their friends and they're taking shots and they're doing all of this stuff and it's like that was the most curated 18 shots. Do not tell me that was like the last ones in your camera roll. Like that was literally like the, <laughs> the like supposed to look good. You know what? We need to romanticize our life offline. Like yesterday, this is, Ooh, this is, so, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. this is, this is really fucked up. But when you become a content creator, this is how you think. And it's very detrimental potentially to our psychology. I was sitting outside in this white breezy dress, no bra. You could totally see through. I was barefoot. My hair was curly. Sounds on brand. For it you. was under, Underneath a tree in the shade and I like lounged down in my Alcapulco chair and I just read Kurt Vonnegut in the afternoon and you know Adam was roasting coffee outside and it was just this beautiful picturesque actual romanticized moment that we try to get on the internet and I thought like this would be an awesome video right now I should get my phone and I said no that's that's not the point and so I think that we romanticize our life to create video clips Instead of just actually sitting there and looking at the beautiful stuff around us, because it looked picturesque, the whole thing looked picturesque. But in that moment, I had to know or I had to make it so that that was enough for me, just that I experienced it picturesque. Yeah. And I feel like also with that, like I do the same thing, like if I'm doing something or let's even say like an outfit, for example, like if I have a good outfit on, I need to take a photo or I feel like why why did I wear this and I'm like wait I wore it because I looked good and I wanted to wear it like not everything needs to be documented not everything needs a photo like I'll be kind of similar to you like I'll be sitting out on my patio like reading a nice book and I'll like take an Instagram story and it's like I don't need to do that like that's not am I doing this to take an Instagram story or am I doing this so that because I actually like enjoy it as content creators it's hard to honestly decipher the difference sometimes our digital avatar is truly becoming a a part of our psyche and our identity it is like 90 percent of it it's so sad I mean Scout and I also had this conversation we're we're going to Tulum in the next week and for her birthday you know Tulum is like a wet dream for influencers like it's a wet dream for content creators and we vowed I think to just not not to not take you know photos of course we're gonna take photos we schlepped all the way out there but we're not putting the pressure like we're not gonna be like doing our hair which is a huge thing for us like we're not we're gonna go I'm not bringing makeup I'm bringing like yeah mascara like we are we are really leaning into this is a time for us to just relax or to enjoy and live in the moment and not even enjoy and live in the moment. Like it's really scary because like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Like a couple of days ago, I was like, fuck, like, but I really want some cute photos. Yeah, and It's like this pressure. And it's like, we can't just be like, yeah. we cannot yeah. just fucking be in a place anymore. Like, could you imagine going to Tulum for a whole week and not posting one photo? No, no. And I look, know it's, it's not like we're not going to do that, but I think we should embody this mantra of romanticize your life offline. Like I think yeah. we should, 
should just if there is a moment you take a photo there is whatever but I don't think there needs to be this pressure of us you know lining up TikToks to like make sure we do this there and whatever I just want one nice photo on my 30th that's yeah well I think even like people so many people do that now with like any big part of their life that I'm like are you doing this because like you're you want the Instagram photos or are you doing it because you actually want to and I'm like, gonna even go as far as saying like weddings like wedding, I was thinking we- wedding content for sure weddings I'm like are you getting married because you guys really want to get married or do you just want the Instagram photos no I would and- say are you throwing the wedding that you're throwing because you want yes. that wedding or you want the Instagram content yeah or like you know like there's so many instances like that and just like real life that people just want to use for like Instagram content and it's so sad and like I fall into it too. Like I am preaching to the choir, like me going to a trip. Like I'm definitely like planning out my outfits and taking all these photos or like, I don't know, like the outfit thing. Like you want to make sure that you get the best outfit and then take the best photos for it or else I'm not going to dress up. If I'm not going to take a photo, I'm just not going to dress up. And I'm like, wait, why? Like I should just do that because I want to like, we literally live our lives for, for online. But I will say that you know, I was in middle school. I was in eighth grade. MySpace wasn't a thing yet, or maybe it was in eighth grade. But even in seventh grade, one of my favorite things to do before the real internet happened was to get dressed up and take photo shoots. I would do that in middle school. Me and my girlfriends would get dressed up in our thrift store clothing, and we would have the, the digital camera. You and right into Gen Z. Look at you, Scal. I wouldn't go that far. And I would take cute photos. I have some at the boat. I have some with like this cool car I saw, you know, and it was it was really fun for me. And so that's the part that I actually have always loved, pre-social media or not. I loved dressing up and taking photos. And so that's the energy I'm bringing back with this monthly photo shoot. And so I think, yeah, but okay, so the three of us are going to take a vow right here, right now to romanticize our life offline. I love it. I'm def- yeah. So Natalie, why don't we wrap this up with you giving us some examples of things in your life that feel so pure, so wholesome, and that you feel like you've been romanticizing, regardless of if it's online or offline, but just things that like really like make your heart flutter that have been happening to you lately. Yeah, I mean, I would say like I am pretty private online with like my relationship, for example. Like I don't post about my boyfriend that often. I'm not, I mean, any date that we go on, like we barely have photos together. We barely have videos together. Like I don't get when people post like the cutest little montages of them and their boyfriend, like dancing and kissing and hugging all of this. And I'm like, where is the camera? Like, are you setting it up then hitting record? And like your boyfriend's willingly going along with this? Cause like yes. mine would literally never. Oh my God. I, my boyfriend like, is literally like, get that phone away from me. Like I don't <laughs> want to see it at all. So I would say, honestly, like my relationships, I romanticize a lot. Like whenever I'm hanging out with friends, whenever I'm hanging out with my boyfriend, when we're going on date nights, like I really never document that ever. And so I would say those are moments where I'm like very, very in tune. Like when I'm with friends, for example, I am not looking at my phone once. Like I don't pick up my phone. I don't look at my phone. I don't, I always hate when I'm with a group of friends and like everyone's on their phone, like at the dinner table. And I'm always thinking like, oh my God, like, are we that group? That's like, everyone's on their phone. Like no one's paying attention to each other. So like, I really try to be present and in the moment and like romanticize, you know, those moments of like, being young and in my 20s and like with people that I love so I would say those are moments that I romanticize or like I had friends visiting me a few weeks ago and like I didn't post a single photo I didn't even take a photo I didn't post a single video nothing and like we went out we went to a concert we did all this stuff and it was just like so much fun and like I didn't post a single piece of content from it but it was still like such a great time and the memories I made like that weekend are 
some that I'm literally going to remember forever, but like I didn't document it and like, that's okay. It was still like such a great weekend. That's proof. I think that's a great proof and reminder that you can have fun without documenting things, you know? Yeah. Honestly, like it's so much fun to not have that pressure of like having to have your phone out, you know, and I like documenting things because I like having things to look back on, like even if you don't post it anywhere, but it's also so important to just be like in the moment with your friends and like, or with the people that you love, like with your family, friends. That's one thing I feel like I've done. I romanticize a lot. It's like when I'm with people, I really don't document and post and anything like that. Cause like, I really want to like enjoy the moment. You're much more, I think ahead of most people in that regard. <laughs> so that's, that's really amazing. Wow. This was, this was delightful. This was delightful. I, I honestly, I do feel better. I think I feel a little more inspired, a little more willing to just not put so much pressure on this entire hamster wheel that we are on. And honestly, like put the imagination back, the the creativity back, back. the creativity. Totally. Natalie Barbu. I, you know, I'm going to say your name like five more times today because I just love it. Um, Tell us. And the sisterhood where... Wait, we, no, our last oh. our last oh. question. Oh my God, I forgot. Oh wait, so we ask every woman who comes on OK Sis this, if you could brag about one thing and don't be humble, what would you brag about? Oh, this is such a good question. I actually love this question. I would say I am very proud of what I've accomplished, not even by a certain age, just like what I've accomplished. I think I'm very proud that I was able to, you know, keep be persistent on my YouTube channel. Like, I never blew up. I never had a viral video. I grew so much slower than like literally everyone I know, I feel like. And like, I still was very persistent, like made it a full-time thing, starting Rella, like starting a business and going for it, even if, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to be successful. Like, I feel like I'm very proud that I do things that I want to do. And like, I'm a very determined person and like whatever I set my mind to, I at least tried to do it and try to accomplish it. So I'm very proud of that. Yeah, you do. Beautiful. And I love that you said not even by a certain age, because I think that's very important too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter that I'm like, however old I am. Like I'd be proud if I did this when I was like 50, you know, yes. like I'm just, doesn't matter. Amen. Okay, love. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me at Natalie Barbu on Instagram, YouTube. I have a podcast called The Real Real Podcast, which you guys are coming on tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. And also Rella, which is my company, you can find at Rella Social. Yay. Thanks, love. And you can find us on Instagram at Scout Sobel. At Maddie Mail. And at OKSIS Podcast. Love you, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 